wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. He is wonderful to my soul. He is wonderful. Yes, I know. And I came to know that he's wonderful. He is merciful. Jesus is merciful. He is merciful to my soul. He is merciful. Yes, I know. And I came to know that he's merciful. As the days were going by, I didn't know the love of God. I didn't know I could be free. Jesus came and set me free. As the days were going by, I didn't know the love of God. I didn't know I could be free. Jesus came and set me free. He is dynamite to my soul. He is dynamite. Yes, I know. And I came to know that he's dynamite. He is wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. He is wonderful to my soul. He is wonderful. Yes, I know. And I came to know that he's As the days were running by, I didn't know the love of God. I didn't know I could be free. Jesus came and set me free. He is powerful. Jesus is powerful. He is powerful to my soul. He is powerful. Yes, I know. And I came to know that he's powerful. He is merciful. Jesus is merciful. He is merciful to my soul. He is yes, I know. And I came to know that he's merciful. As the days were rolling by, I didn't know the love of God. I didn't know I could be free. Jesus came and set me free. As the days were rolling by, I didn't know the love of God. Jesus is merciful. He is merciful to my soul. He is powerful. Yes, I know. And I came to know that He's powerful. Jesus is powerful. He is powerful to my soul. He is powerful. Yes, I know. And I came to know that He's powerful. Good morning, everyone. Can I invite you all to sit down? You are really most welcome. Uh, if you're new to Milford Baptist Church, can I say uh, welcome to this special service that celebrates Mechanics for Africa. We've just been listening to MFA students with their song tribute to God's love. So let's start our own time together here this morning by doing the same with uh, this wonderful song, Tell Out My Soul, The Greatness of the Lord. Let's stand to sing.
Do sit down. Well, regulars here will know that every three months or so, our Sunday morning service will feature the work of a particular Christian mission. Uh, this morning, I'm very pleased to tell you, it's the turn of Mechanics for Africa. On behalf of us all at Milford Baptist Church, I'd like to welcome our visitors this morning. All of them have a supportive connection with MFA. We thank you for it, and we're so pleased that you've been able to join us this morning. A number of people are also joining us via Zoom, including our long-standing supporter, Jenny Goodman, uh, in the Lake District, as well as members of our fellowship closer to home whose poor health means they can't be with us. Uh, Neil and Rosemary Genders, welcome. Uh, they became aware of MFA when they were in Zambia. They'd intended to visit us this weekend from Warwickshire, but like our own Fred Wills, Rosemary has caught the dreaded COVID, uh, but I understand she's recovering. Uh, let me uh, welcome Neil and Rosemary in case you are here with us on Zoom. I know they'd intended to. Although, I'm sure most of us here know a lot about Mechanics for Africa. Uh, some of the people more recently connected with the church uh, may not be aware of just how deep a connection there is between the Training College for Motor Mechanics in Zambia and uh, us here at Milford Baptist Church. MFA started 19 years ago. It was started by our members, Charlie and Sharon Watt, They'd been uh, working for an NGO in Southern Africa. They found it difficult to get their car serviced. Uh, and the bush mechanic they used to repair their car had swapped out some good parts and replaced them with poor substitutes. Um, so Charlie, who studied mechanical engineering at Surrey University, felt that he and Sharon should set up a school that wouldn't just train young people how to become good at vehicle repairs, uh, but would also encourage the Christian values of honesty and integrity. Um, the MFA College is based in Ndola. Uh, that's a city in the heart of Zambia's Copper Belt. From 16 students in 2003, MFA has grown so uh, when we have a full complement of students, uh, it's now around 100 students on a two-year training course. Now, back in the year 2000, when MFA was just a, 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 an imagination of Charlie, no, not just of Charlie, those of you who know Sharon know the power of Sharon's per persuasion as well. Well, Charlie and Sharon 
shared their vision with our then Minister David Sutcliffe, who enthusiastically supported the venture, as did many of our members, including uh, Peter and Sarah Counter, who did much of the early planning, Ed Stanton, uh, who was our secretary for uh, many years, and he supervised the legal work that was necessary to set up as a charity, both in the UK and as an NGO in Zambia. But it's important to add that while all of us at this church are proud of the role that we have played in helping Mechanics for Africa from the outset, we've felt increasingly that it is right to hand the work over to Zambians to run and lead uh, while we continue to offer our support. The person, of course, I'm most keen to welcome this morning and you're most keen to meet is Gwiniri Colombe. Uh, Gwiniri took on the role of uh, college principal and chief executive at the beginning of last year. Welcome, Gwiniri. We'll be hearing from Gwiniri uh, uh, later and celebrating uh, what uh, MFA is doing. Uh, a lot more about Mechanics for Africa later in the service, uh, but in a moment we will pray and we must include a lot more than Mechanics for Africa. Uh, can I mention that Roger Fuller was admitted to hospital yesterday. Uh, a chest infection has added to his other health difficulties. Uh, Christine North had a tumble yesterday, was taken to the Royal Surrey, but I think um, late last night uh, was discharged and is now back home. Many of our members are unwell or, well, simply dealing with the challenges of old age and uh, welcome to those of you who are able to uh, join us on Zoom this morning. Well, what a week it's been. Uh, we all find Putin's brutality, rocket attacks and nuclear threats of Russia and the war in Ukraine deeply disturbing. And that's not just to do with the soaring cost of fuel for our cars and heat for our homes. We must pray for Ukraine. I was in touch with a young couple in Kharkiv earlier in the week. He's a dentist. And, uh, of course, he must stay and wants to stay in Ukraine. But should his 27-year-old wife and five-month daughter leave for the UK? Of course they don't want to leave. They don't want to break up their family life. Imagine how they feel and the dilemma that they face. Uh, their sad story, of course, is one of very many. Then... Wow, it has been a big week in politics, hasn't it? I think it was Harold Wilson who said, a week is a long time in politics. Well, perhaps that should now be rewritten to say, a day is a long time in politics. Uh, so on Friday, our local MP, Jeremy Hunt, received a call from the Prime Minister. He made a hasty return from Belgium uh, to become Chancellor of the Exchequer. Well. Can I say, whatever our political views may be, we will pray for him in that important role he's now taken on. The Bible tells us to do that. The Apostle Paul advises Timothy, pray for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. So, 
Let us now pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the freedom we have to openly worship you. We thank you for all the blessings of the world around us, particularly where we live here in Surrey. With all the pain and disruption of war, we ask that your peace will prevail. We pray for the people who make the big decisions that affect us all. We ask that you will give them wisdom to know uh, what the right choices are and then to make them. And so we particularly pray for our own MP, Jeremy Hunt, and others active in political life, uh, Sir Peter Bottomley and Baroness Bottomley also, who are with us here today. In these prayers, we also want to commit to the Lord's care the many members of our fellowship who are unwell. And as we meet here this morning, Lord God, we want to include our personal confession and ask for forgiveness. We're sorry for our own sins and shortcomings. We have all too often sinned against you through our own fault in thought and word and deed, and also in what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our offences and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name. Amen. And now, after a short video, MFA trustee Susie Mooney will introduce us to Guineary. But the video first. Thank you. Welcome to Mechanics for Africa. Mechanics for Africa is a Christian organization that offers a trade certificate in automotive engineering. As a small college, uniquely placed to give high quality education, we equip students for a life beyond their studies. With the goal of helping in the personal growth of our students, we emphasize quality, hard work, and discipline in all we do. With additional courses such as entrepreneurship and ICT, we provide foundations for innovation and potence to encourage the development of skills essential to self-sustainability with a desire to see Jesus and his message of salvation celebrated and shared throughout Zambia we provide Christian guidance and discipleship for all our students. Our service learning program allows for students to give back to their communities and grow in confidence and selflessness by becoming the hands and feet of Jesus. Since its foundations, the college has grown to include a training workshop and a fully operational commercial workshop employing full-time mechanics. Students have incredible opportunities to work in our live environment and gain valuable experience of fixing a wide range of vehicles. Additionally, all our second years undergo an industrial attachment with one of our local partner companies gaining further real-life experience which will help them to find employment beyond Mechanics for Africa. Our vision? To see our students grow in strength of character, being known as ambassadors of integrity, trustworthy in everything they do. Mechanics for Africa, transforming people to transform the world.
Good morning, everybody. Um, as trustees, it is our absolute pleasure to introduce Guarneri to you. We um, recruited and appointed Guarneri in sort of during the COVID lockdown. So this visit is really the first opportunity for most of the UK trustees to actually meet Guarneri in person. So it's been a tremendously exciting week for us. Um, and and Guarneri um, did start back in January 2021. And before we go on to talk about the college, um, I'd like us to share something of your story, Guarneri, and what led you to be in the position where you are now um, heading up MFA. So do you have a personal connection to MFA that you can share with us? How much time do you have? <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you so much for having me. It's just so amazing to, to make this connection in person. Um, and over the last um, couple of months that I've been in post, I really have, you know, I get emails from you telling me you are praying for us and um, quite a lot of you are supporting our students. So I already feel quite connected. Um, my personal story uh, that is connected to Mechanics for Africa, I feel um, I was one of those young people um, who needed support. I was one of those young people who could have really ended up on the streets if I didn't have support. So after I finished high school, my, my father, not only did he not have money to send me to college, um, he also uh, got diagnosed with cancer. And so he couldn't work. Um, to raise money to send me to send me to school, and so I was at crossroads. I remember um, when he 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 had a car that he needed to sell in order to pay for my school fees, and he drove the car around in the morning, and came back in the evening walking, and he managed to raise enough funds for my first year of university. And then sadly, he died in my second year of university. And at that point, it was just hopelessness, where you know that there's nowhere else uh, where you're going to turn to. Um, I had a, a stepmom, and her and my, and my dad had divorced a couple of years before. And um, she, was, she, she was Dutch and her home country was in Belgium. So after the divorce, she returned to Belgium. And at that time, um, she, she was supporting my oldest brother. She couldn't really afford to support me as well. Her brother was supporting my middle brother. So um, what she did was she organized a dinner party for some of her friends who knew friends. And so there was a group of 20 people who came together and they were giving 20 euro a month um, for me to, to go to school. And so my connection with Mechanics for Africa is such that I know what it's like to be in that situation and to have strangers believe in you and come together and say, you know what, we will support you, we will empower you, and we will give you a skill. So that's what happened to me. And so I was a young person um, that, that was helped and that was supported. And I'm standing here today because there were 20 strangers who thought I was worth investing in. That's my 
Thank you. And you only ever met two of them, didn't you? Yes. Two uh, came to your graduation. Two came to my graduation, and that was just amazing to see them um, come and, and, and celebrate that, that with me. So following your graduation, um, <coughs> the following years you were in the UK and you trained and worked as a social worker. Um, so why was it that then you returned to Zambia with your husband? So I came to Zambia at the age of, I mean to the UK at the age of 22. Um, the goal was, uh, because of what I had experienced and so many of my friends had experienced of not being able to go to college, I really wanted to set up a training center for young people. Um, there were a lot of, uh, HIV had, was quite prominent in those days, and so there were a lot of orphans around us, and a lot of organizations were supporting the orphans, the children, but then when they get to high school, after high school, there was no help and there was no support. So the dream was go and set up a training center for young people. So I came to the UK with one goal, get a job that could make, give me enough money to buy land in Zambia. <laughs> yes, I was 22, okay, don't judge me. <laughs> so that was the reason I came to the UK. And um, when I was in my first year, an agency came to my university and they said that when you get to fourth year, um, you can contact us and we can help you to get to the UK. At that time, there was a shortage of social workers in the UK, so they were recruiting from Africa. It's interesting how history repeats itself, because I know right now they are recruiting social workers nurses from Africa. Um, so when I got to my fourth year, I did contact this agency, and they are the ones who actually helped me um, to come here. And then, of course, reality sunk. You can't get a job that will easily buy land in Zambia, <laughs> especially not when you're living in London. Um, so we had a five-year plan, my husband and I, and um, that five years turned into many years after that. So I came in 2005, and we returned to Zambia in 2014. So, um Moving on to present day, you've been at MFA for 22 months now. Um, since you've started working for MFA, what's your day look like now? What does your job do? <laughs> I, I think I have one of the best jobs in the world. And, 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 and seriously, it's, it's um, not one day is the same. Um, there's, all, there's the administrative side, there's you know, the trustees in the UK who I'm accountable to, there's uh, the students on a daily on a daily basis. There's I'm leading a team um, that I need to passionately um, help to grasp the vision and the mission of Mechanics for Africa. So my day is full of administration, uh, contacts with students, and really just ensuring that my team um, is doing what 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 they are supposed to what they're supposed to be doing. So really diverse, what do you love most about it? I think Mechanics for Africa is like, a, it's like an oasis, you know? It's like it's this place that, that is life-giving. Not just for me personally, but for every student that comes. Because of the way we recruit our students, we literally go into the compounds where they live 
and that's where we, we get them from. And 95% of our students, if they never came to Mechanics for Africa, they would not have an opportunity to change their lives or get, even get out of poverty. And so for me, the fact that this is a place that is life-giving and to just walk with the students through this two-year journey that they are with us, we are with them for two years, and I feel it's, it's a time to just pour in as much as we can and, um, and send them off after two years. So I would say the growth and the development that the young people experience when they come to Mechanics for Africa, and these are not just stories, these are real life situations. For me, that's the best part of my job. I think it probably is for those of us that, that, that share with them that are interested in MFA. Um, and just one last question, we've got the academic year runs the calendar year, doesn't it? And it's sort of January to December, and you've just recruited the recruit, the re completed the recruitment for new students mm -hmm. for January. So what are you looking forward to most in 2023? Well, my hope is that, um, as you know, we've had, over the years, we've had a lot of support from Milford Baptist Church. My hope is that each one of the 56 students um, that we have recruited for next year, one, they'll be able to raise their first term school fees and actually come and two, that we'll be able to get a supporter for each and every one of those students. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Thank you, Kuneri. Thank you. Well, I, I think the last few minutes will have given you a very good sense of why all the MFA trustees felt that Kuneri was absolutely the right person to head up the organisation after Harry and Sarah Wild Forrester returned to the UK. What Gwineri didn't mention was uh, uh, another commendation in her favour was the fact that she used the MFA commercial workshop to uh, maintain her vehicle. Um, it, it's lovely uh, to uh, have Sir Peter Bottomley and, and Baroness Bottomley here with us uh, uh, this morning. Um, of course, as our MP for many years, Virginia Bottomley has been one of our most influential supporters, and we're really grateful to you both for the wonderful welcome that you've given uh, Guineri on what surely must have been one of the most politically fraught uh, <laughs> days of the past week. The past week, maybe even the past year. Um, Sir Peter welcomed uh, Quineary to the Palace of Westminster and then a little later, uh, Baroness Bottomley uh, met Quineary. And, and uh, Virginia, may I invite you to say a word or two? I just always thought that Mechanics for Africa has been the most wonderful project and I had the pleasure of going to visit so I can imagine where Guineri is living in the house and the, and the grounds and the whole atmosphere. And I went to visit some of the places, the placements, met many of the students. And when you're working with a project you know, from the UK, actually to go and see it and touch it and meet the people is just all the more wonderful. But I've always thought it's a wonderful example of the Milford Baptist Church and other churches doing God's work in practice. It's all very well us praying and thinking, but this has been a really living, ongoing example. And so it has always made me feel very humble. 
my early memory when I became a trustee in all those years ago, and I had to step down from that, but I organised a wonderful debate in the House of Commons between George Osborne and David Miliband on Europe, if you can think how long ago that was. And then I thought, um, I shouldn't do this was for a, uh, an organisation, quite a wealthy organisation, so I thought, I'd better take some money off this organisation. So I said, look, I've got a wonderful charity, Mechanics for Africa. And they gave a thousand pounds, but I've always said, that's stupid, I should have asked them for five or 10,000 pounds, so I apologize for that. But anyway, I wish you well, and to meet Guineri as our new director is absolute joy, and congratulations to the trustees for picking the right person. Thank you so much. So, according to the World Bank, Zambia is one of the world's poorest countries, sixth poorest, uh, with as many as six out of ten people living in what the World Bank describes as extreme poverty. That means, uh, in their terms, an income of less than two pounds a day. Uh, one of the things that Guineri has always been very clear about uh, is the stability that a commitment to uh, Christ and the teachings of Christianity can bring to people whose poverty is so abject that they can even lose hope. But then you look around at our own society and see that even here in one of the world's most wealthy nations, hope often seems to be in short supply. So our next song reminds us how we're united in needing the security of God as an anchor in our lives. Uh, do stand to sing if you can. Faithful one, so unchanging. Thank you.
come here a moment. Um, I've already mentioned that uh, many of you here are active supporters of uh, MFA. Uh, in recent years, none more so than John Kelland. Uh, for almost 10 years, John has been uh, looking after the admin to do with sponsorship of students. John has recently had some uh, pretty severe health problems. And uh, during recent years, communications with Zambia have vastly improved. Um, I think it was as recently as five or six years ago that if you uh, wanted to talk to Zambia, it was a pound a minute on the phone. So that we had to ration the number of words. However, uh, now uh, John is able to hand over what he's done to uh, Zambia. Uh, remind me, the name of the person who's going to be doing this job in Zambia, Guaniri? Malama. Malama. Uh, Malama. We heard her voice on that video earlier, didn't we? Yes, terrific. So uh, Malama will be taking over that part of the work. Though it's just occurred to me, there is one thing that John, I'm hoping, can continue to help us with. I'll tell you what it is. It's actually continuing to post the newsletters to people in the UK who aren't online. There are just a few of them. So John, Perhaps you can keep doing that, but uh, could, you, could you come here uh, uh, a moment? Because we'd uh, like you to, uh, we'd like to thank you for all you've done for our MFA. Um, Guaniri has a mystery package here. She is going to lift out what's in it and, and read it out to you. Guaniri, what have you got here? Before we do that, we thought it's fitting for you to have a Zambian hat. <laughs> so John, I just want to um, present this to you. Um, it's quite heavy. But um, just to say thank you, um, I'll, I'll read it out. It says, for years you have sacrificed, supported, you have helped change lives and communities in Zambia. We are forever grateful, and we pray that you continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you for all your So John, thank you. Thank you so very much. Yeah. It's been a great honor. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, Guaniri uh, took up a job with the uh, MFA when we in the UK and in Zambia were in the middle of a COVID crisis. Um, the hope had been that uh, Guaniri would meet you within just a few weeks of her appointment. But, uh, of course, the travel restrictions completely put pay to that. Uh, similarly, in the past, at least one of our UK trustees had visited Zambia every year, but that was all put on hold. 
Uh, with the lifting of travel restrictions, I was able to go out for a very brief visit earlier in the year. Um, our student graduation usually takes place in February, but COVID disruptions meant that it was delayed by the uh, Zambian uh, Training Authority uh, uh, and uh, uh, that was delayed until July. Uh, Paul Cannings is our trustee treasurer. He is our most recent visitor to Zambia and now I'd like to invite Paul to tell us about his visit uh, and also actually to share that what is good news for Zambia uh, has become a bit of a challenge, hasn't it, for MFA? But Paul will tell you more. Okay. Paul. Thank you. So um, it, it's hard to believe, actually, that it was more than 20 years ago when, uh, and I'm blaming Richard for this, when Richard Rowe um, uh, said, oh, I've got these friends, Charlie and Sharon, and, and they, uh, they're, they're coming to the UK because they're going to raise some funds to build this college in, in uh, Zambia, um, and they need somewhere to stay. They'll only be here for a couple of weeks, so could they come and stay in your house? So I said, yeah, they can come and stay in our house. And um, I think they were with us for six months altogether, weren't they? So, 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 uh, <laughs> but we got to know Charlie and Sharon, and they were, they were wonderful, and, um, and we were really privileged to literally see uh, the MFA College from some drawings on the back of an envelope, which Charlie did for us, showing us how it was all going to work um, to today, when there have been uh, over 700 students have now passed through uh, the college, which is fantastic. Um, yes, yeah, so it was great. So Penny and I uh, were able to go out uh, to Zambia uh, in July and um, to, uh, for me to be what was embarrassingly called the guest of honour um, at the graduation. Um, and to see there were 33 students, it was a slightly reduced number because of um, some of the COVID restrictions, but 33 three students um, who were getting their qualification as uh, motor mechanics. And it was an amazing few days. It was, it was wonderful. We stayed uh, with Guneria and Madalisto, uh, which was uh, with great, and your son TK as well, we met, um, which was really good. Um, and the day before graduation, uh, we had the chance to meet all of the graduands um, that were going to be graduating the following day. And we could talk to them about what they'd uh, got out of being at MFA, about some of their work placements that they were currently doing, um, and about their prospects for finding permanent jobs after graduation. Um, some of them were um, doing very well, um, working extremely hard for the mining companies in the copper belt, um, but actually being looked after quite well. Some were working for local garages and other local uh, businesses in Ndola and Kitwe. Um, but I think the best of all was just hearing firsthand how much of a difference MFA had made to their lives and were going to make to the lives of their family. Because almost all of them talked about how they were now proud that they were going to be able to send money home to their families um, when they got a, um, a permanent job. Uh, and then we uh, uh, we helped them a little bit as they were writing letters home to uh, sorry letters back to the UK um, to their sponsors to say thank you for sponsoring them through their time at MFA. 
Um, and then the next day, um, they all turned... Actually, I was, I was outdressed because they all turned up with um, bought or borrowed or uh, uh, um, uh, suits. Um, and, uh, and I had to borrow one of Melisto's ties because I'd forgotten to bring one with me. Um, and, uh, and then they were all given college gowns. And you saw some of the pictures of them uh, there in the, uh, in the video at the beginning. And, uh, and it was wonderful to sit at the front as the, the students came in uh, from the back. They'd chosen a song that they wanted to come in dancing to as they danced down the aisle and, and came to sit at the front. And uh, that was a really great start to the uh, graduation. Um, I, I, Gwineri had asked me to give a, um, a speech um, at the graduation on behalf of the trustees. Uh, and also on behalf of all the UK sponsors. And, and I chose as my sort of theme uh, the, the, the word opportunity. And, and I was explaining to the graduates um, that the money and support that we give from the UK, all it can ever do is give them an opportunity. Then it's up to them what they do with it. The ones who were graduating had actually taken the opportunity, had worked really hard for two years, um, and had uh, passed their exams and were now graduating. So they'd taken that opportunity and gone that far. And now uh, they had a qualification and that gave them an opportunity. And now it was again up to them what they did with it. Uh, how hard they worked, finding a job, sending money home to their families, and more importantly, being a role model um, for their families. Because, interestingly, when we were talking to the, uh, the graduates, um, they were saying that for most of them, they were the only member of their family who had actually gone on to higher education. And the only reason that they could possibly do that was because they were being sponsored to do that through, uh, um, through your donations. Um, and then I, I also reminded them that their time at MFA had given them more than just how to become a motor mechanic. Um, they'd also been taught Christian values, honesty, responsibility, caring for others, <laughs> kindness, faith, and now they had the opportunity to pass that on to uh, in, uh, in their future lives. And so um, one of Guineri's favourite songs called uh, Light Your Candle and Pass It On um, was played um, whilst the lecturers and I lit a candle passed it to the uh, graduates and then the graduates lit the candles all the way down their row and passed on uh, the light. And that was a great symbolic gesture um, before Guineri then stood up and talked to the graduates about how uh, this was their chance to take the opportunity that MFA had given them and pass it on to others. So it was a, an amazing day. Uh, and one that Penny and I are going to remember for a very long time. Now, um, uh, one of the reasons that Guineri is here in the UK uh, is to say thank you to, in person to all of the people who support students uh, at MFA and to say thank you to this church in particular um, for the wonderful donations that you give that are vital um, to the college. And um, uh, uh, and because I'm the treasurer, uh, David has unfortunately asked me to talk about money. Um, uh, so, <laughs> so I, I don't make any, uh, any apologies for that. Um, so uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about where your money goes. 
So um, this particular year, we faced a, a real problem, uh, two problems really. One is that inflation in Zambia is running at about 10%. So every year, the salary costs of employing lecturers and all the other costs of running the college go up by 10%. And even worse, this year, the kwacha um, has appreciated very strongly against the pound. So in January, every pound that we gave bought us 23 kwacha. Today, every pound we give buys 17. So, uh, which is a little bit of a combination of um, the international community having great faith in Zambia's new president, which is great, who's, who was appointed on an anti-corruption ticket, which is fantastic, um, and perhaps vice versa um, for the international uh, finance community's uh, view of uh, the, uh, uh, the efforts of our own government at times. So uh, overall, that means that next year we've got to raise 30% more than we raised this year, um, just to, uh, to support the, uh, the same number of students. So the full cost of sponsoring a student in 2023 is now uh, £160 a month. Um, and I know that some of the people here are able to support a full student, and that is wonderful, and thank you very much for your support. And I also know that some of you have clubbed together and part sponsor a student, and that is also vital to the work that MFA does. But if you are already sponsoring a student, I would just ask you to just have a think about whether you're able to cover some of the increased costs by increasing your donation that you make uh, every month. Um, but MFA is more than just a standard motor mechanics education. Um, and um, and there, there are several things that MFA does that you wouldn't get if you went to another local uh, college in Andola. Um, and there are four that I particularly wanted just to talk about, because part of Guineri's visit uh, in the next, uh, this last week and this uh, coming week is to try to meet with some sponsors and churches who might be able to fund some of these additional costs. So, for example, um, because MFA wants to introduce students to the Christian faith um, and wants to give them spiritual guidance whilst during their time uh, at MFA, MFA pays the salary of a discipleship called coordinator um, who uh, gives the students spiritual guidance during their time. And that costs about £5,000 a year. We also have a hardship fund, um, so we ask all of the students to make a small contribution towards their fees. We think it's actually very important that they are um, actually, that it isn't just free and that they do have to uh, make a donation to their fees. But some of them find it very, very difficult even to make that small contribution. And so one of the things that we offer is, uh, is for them to be able to do some maintenance work in the grounds of MFA during their holidays. Um, and effectively, we pay them a little bit um, so that that can go towards their fees. And we have a, a hardship fund which uh, helps with that. The third example is that um, we make sure that every student has enough food to eat. So every day that they come to college, they're given a free lunch. Um, overall, that for the feeding the 75 students and 20 staff, maybe, um, it's, uh, it costs about 50 pounds a day um, to provide uh, a kitchen and uh, a cook um, and the food to be able to make sure that the students have at least had one meal a day. And I was talking to Guriri and uh, she was confirming that for many of our students, that will be their only meal of the day. 
And then finally, next year, excitedly, one of the things that really helps with their job prospects of finding a job and being use a useful employee uh, is the ability to drive. Um, and of course, none of them have access to a car to be able to practice, um, and taking an exam can be quite expensive. So one of the things that we're doing next year is employing a driving instructor, um, and we have a donated car, um, which uh, will be run uh, as well, and the overall cost of that is going to be about £10,000 uh, each year. But it means that the students will all learn to drive, um, and uh, that will be very good for their job prospects when they leave. So thank you very much um, for the wonderful support um, that people here give to MFA. Um, do please pray for a really successful fundraising trip uh, as Gwineri um, has an endless series of dinners and meetings uh, which, uh, which she's always very nervous about and then performs brilliantly at um, and, uh, and she'll be continuing those visits uh, next week as well. Um, and thank you again for all of your support. Paul, thank you uh, uh, very much. Uh, I think what we'll do now is move on to uh, uh, a song, and our next hymn is Great is Thy Faithfulness. Could we uh, sing the first and last verses of it, please? That would be great. Thank you.
Please do be seated. Uh, in just a few moments, Guineri will be bringing a word for us. Uh, the Bible passage that Guineri has chosen is from the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, Liz Pollard will now read it. Matthew 25, verses 31 to the end. The sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed and the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Gunire, would you like to come up? I just want to pray for you before you speak. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this lovely lady. We just pray for her now uh, in what she has to say to us, that we will be ready to uh, receive and to act on what, she, what you have given to her to say. Amen. Thank you. Um, I kept telling Paul and Penny that I am not a preacher. <laughs> I leave that for my husband to do. Um, I want to share um, something very briefly about being connected to the least of these. The passage that uh, we've just read, there are a lot of lessons to learn um, from this passage, and I've read it several times, um, and it always somehow brings a different perspective each time I read it. And this morning, I would like to share a perspective on connections. We all want to be connected. It's, if there is one thing that experiencing life um, during the COVID pandemic has, has taught us or has highlighted, is the importance of human connections. Most of us got through some of the most difficult times because we had strong support systems. 
people that helped us to overcome the challenges that we faced a, little, a bit more easily. Most of us would not have gotten out of the pandemic if not for the people that God had carefully placed in our lives during that time and perhaps continues to place even as we continue to live. In Matthew 25 that we just read, Jesus seems to make a point of connecting to a group of people that he referred to as the least of these. I found it interesting that he should mention them. I mean, this is Christ himself, right? Pretty much acknowledging that there were some sections in his society or his community where some people would be classified as the least of these. We can assume that some people in his communities had more than others, and that some will have and others will lack. What they have in common is that both had the opportunities to be connected to Christ. If we read again in verse 40, it says, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Now, I find it interesting that Jesus identifies the least of these by what they need, not so much by what they might give. In his economy at the time, the worth of people, um, or even now, the worth that is placed on people, it doesn't come from what perhaps I can get from you, or even what Jesus can get from you. Come to think of it, can anyone really bring to Jesus what Jesus needs? Instead, what he asks us to do is to meet the needs of the least of these. The least of these um, refers to those people who for various reasons they find themselves in a very needy situation. Scripture is talking about the hungry, the thirsty, the strangers, the naked, the sick or frail, those in prisons. All these are just reasons. But that's the list that Jesus gives us in case we could not figure it out. He gives us a list of who the list of these are. I wonder why Jesus connects himself to these people and in the end expects his followers to be connected to the list of these. It's clearly important to him because he then attaches people's eternal life to how they treat the least of these. So it's not something that we can ignore. It's not something that is an option for us because it seems to be very important to Jesus. I need to say that doing so, meeting the needs of the least of these, does not bring about salvation. Um, I'm not a theologian, but just in case there are theologians here who are like, it's not good works. It isn't because salvation only comes through the confession of Jesus. However, reaching out to the least of these is a result of salvation because it's a matter of responding to God's love. Um, and that response is an act of obedience to his commandments. So how can we be connected to the least of these? 
Throughout scripture, we see God giving people lots of opportunities to connect with him through service to others. Um, I'll go back to Matthew 25 again. When asked um, if when Jesus was ever hungry or when he was ever thirsty or when he ever needed clothes, his reply was, you did it to me. You know, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. So you see, one of the attributes of God is mercy. Our God is a merciful God, and we are called to show mercy as he shows mercy. Christ referred to them as his brothers. He said that those who cared for such individuals were not merely serving other people, they were serving him. As I you know, reflect on this scripture, I realize that I, and perhaps most of us, have been in a situation where we have been among the least of these. And somebody um, responded in obedience and met our needs. In Leviticus, you know, maybe some people will be like, oh, but that's the New Testament. We focus on the Old Testament. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9 to 10, um, I don't know if it's possible to put it up, but I can read it. This is God who had instructed the Israelites to do this during their harvest. It says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall live for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. What we realize here is that the Israelites, they harvested their crops. When they did that, God commanded them to leave the ages of the field and all of the crops that they had dropped for the poor and for the immigrants who are the the sojourners. By including them, God was telling his people that they should provide for all in need, not just their family. The other scripture that I'd like to share is in James 1 verse 27. Um, it reads, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this to visit the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is what God considers to be pure religion. And um, I know I don't have much time, but I would like to read the second last scripture, Deuteronomy 15 verse 11. It says, for there never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. There's an expectation here that followers of Jesus will open their hands to the poor. I do not understand why material wealth is distributed unevenly in the world. I served as a social worker here in, in the UK for children and families, and I witnessed that even in a wealthy nation like the UK, there are poor among you. 
They are poor people among you. I worked with them. And I experienced firsthand the effects of poverty on generations and generations of families. I also know that God can distribute wealth evenly because he is God, right? He owns it. Yet he doesn't do that. Instead, he gives those who have the opportunity to experience the joy of being generous. The experience that generosity brings, he gives them that opportunity to experience that. And those who do not have, he gives them the opportunity to experience the joy that receiving has through the generosity of others. Which side we fall on, it's usually not up to us. I did nothing to deserve being born in Zambia or in Africa in the same way that you did nothing to be born in the UK. And the Bible justifies, clarifies this in Acts chapter 17, verse 26. It says, from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. This is not to say that the poor cannot give, not at all. One of the things I am most proud of, um, of what we do at Mechanics for Africa is intentionally cultivating the heart of giving in our students. Sure, they do not have the material possessions to share, but even in Africa, things and wealth is not distributed evenly. Our students at Mechanics for Africa take part in what we call service learning. They go to a community school, they run reading clubs and maths clubs, and they do manual work um, for, for the least of these within their communities. The fact that they are now in college means that they have something that little children may not have, the ability to read or to do mathematics in grade five. Our students have the opportunity to share the love that they have received as a result of being in Mechanics for Africa with the orphans in the compounds where they go. Milford Baptist Church and all who support Mechanics for Africa connect with the least of these at our college. By partnering with God when you are invested in those that society tends to forget because that's what poverty does. It makes you invisible. Your support to the ministry at MFA is a recognition and a response to those whom without support will remain on the fringes of society. The poor, the stranger, the foreigner, the hungry. What you do when you support Mechanics for Africa is that you bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. How, you may ask? Well, for every student that you support, you are feeding the hungry because Mechanics for Africa provides meals. You are helping to give them a skill so that they can break away from the imprisonment of poverty and its plight. You are visiting those in prison. You help them experience the love of Jesus Christ. You facilitate for them being introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which I believe is the ultimate 
freedom, and the ultimate goal to life here on Earth. I would like to um, play a video so that you can hear from the students what they have to say about your connecting with the least of these. My name is Mr. Mungoma. My name is Captain Mishek. I'm Smeidere. My name is Grace Perry and I'm a first year student at Mechanics for Africa. Before I came to Mechanics for Africa, I passed through a lot of challenges because my parents could, couldn't manage to sponsor me for my tertiary education. Coming at Mechanics for Africa has helped me a lot in many different ways. The spiritual aspect, uh, Mechanics for Africa has taught me to know who I am and to know that I am loved by a lot of people and it is also equipping me with a skill that is going to help me to survive when I go out there in the industry. For this, I, I really appreciate for the work that is being done by the Mechanics for Africa team because they have made me to be someone in the society and I will be able to survive when I go out there. Uh, I want to say I am grateful for this opportunity of being sponsored by you, our wonderful sponsors. Uh, it is a rare privilege for me to be among the students at this institution. I want to appreciate everything that you have done for me, and may God bless you. I never thought that I would be in college because my parents couldn't afford to take me to school because um, my mom passed away and um, after she passed away, life became very hard and my sister was also in school so dad couldn't afford to like, take us both to school so yeah, it was really hard. I would like to say thank you to my sponsors for the support that they have been showing me since they went towards my academics. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, my life wasn't easy. It was uh, too difficult yeah, for me to manage for the thing that I Thank you, Nato Tela. Ziko Mokwambili. Nasanta Mwani. Nasakiriku Mwani. Gwaniri, thank you so much. And please pass our appreciation on to the students who uh, prepared that lovely video. Um, in the 1980s, John Withers was the founding pastor of this church. Uh, he's a former chair of Mechanics for Africa as well, and still takes a very active interest in it. John, uh, will you kindly come up and lead us in prayer for Mechanics for Africa? Thank you. Thank you, David. Just hope I won't cry. <sighs> Sorry. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you on this special day to commend unto you the work of Mechanics for Africa. We thank you for the founders of MFA 
David Sutcliffe and Charlie and Sharon Watt, whose vision turned a vision into practicality and changed the lives in that way of so many Sambian students. We thank you that we have Guineri with us today to get to know her and see her and thank her for all that she does. And we look back, our father, and we thank others who've gone out here, gone out there from us, and we ask your blessing to continue. So we ask your blessing to continue with Guineri and ask your blessing and guidance on her as she has the responsibility now for the college. Also, we ask the blessing for all of the staff who are so committed to teaching and training the students. We pray for all the students, some especially who have very difficult backgrounds, and thank you for the way they share with their families, work hard to do to pass their exams so that they can get work and support their families. We pray for the trustees, those who govern those in this country and in Africa who have to make great decisions. Give them wisdom, we pray. And then, our Father, we just pray for all of us we have here at NBC that we will be faithful in our prayers as well as in our giving for all those involved in MFA. We ask you, our blessed Father, to be, continue to be the blessing and the father of all of MFA. Amen. John, thank you very much. We now come to our final hymn, uh, but please don't think of it as having to come to the end of our time together this morning. Uh, coffee, tea and biscuits will be served at the back. Gwaneri looks forward to talking to as many people as uh, she possibly can. She's going to have to spread herself very thinly. Uh, now, I know a lot of us would like to speak to Gwaneri personally, but what I suggest is that after half an hour or so, if you still have questions, let's uh, gather in a group uh, back here and uh, we will uh, then have a Q&A session with Gwaneri, if that's all right with you. If you'd like to financially support MFA, um, you might like to consider sponsoring a student. Uh, a table at the back has a series of cards giving you a few details about current students, so you can select your own. Uh, this week's news sheet uh, for Milford Baptist Church lists various ways in which you can donate, and uh, there's a box if you want to make a cash donation as you leave. Thank you so much for being with us uh, today. Our final hymn is uh, one of Graham Kendrick's most popular. Uh, we'll sing just the first verse of it, and then you can hum the rest on your way to coffee or on your way home. Uh, thank you very much. The Servant King, uh, God calls us now to follow him.
let's close our service by saying the, road, uh, the, the words of the grace to one another. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.